ESPN, ESPN analyst and former NFL GM Mike Tannenbaum went in on Kenny Pickett and how he doesn't think he'll get to that to the level needed for the Steelers to succeed. But is he right or is he wrong? We'll talk about that and training camp preview talk, talking points here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders today. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by eBay Motors. This episode of Locked On Steelers brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check stay in the game with ebay guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay's guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply alan we're back we're happy to have you back on the show it's training camp week man july didn't even happen we're just at the end of it and it's like now it's time to be back on the grind for another like seven months baby Woo! i love training camp i'm just i'm just not i'm not ready I'm not, I got like, there's like a pile of things to do over there and it's not, it's not, I'm not packed. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm unprepared. I'm, I'll get there. I'll get there. Well, he'll, he'll get there because SteelersNow.com has a lot of great stuff that they always have. And they're, him and Nick Farabaugh and their team, they're going to have a lot of great content uh, there. But let's talk about some latest free content that was just handed to all of us. And that was ESPN analyst Mike Tannenbaum doing the thing that he does every year at some point. And that's just taking a dump on the Steelers. He just, he loves, it's like his, it's like his passion. It, you know, like some people go fishing. Some so people, he really does. He does. I don't get it. Like, but he, like he seriously, he seriously does this every year. And like, I, I started Googling this and I could like, you can find an article or a reference point from every season where he's like, Oh, the Steelers are done this year. They're 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 finished. They're over with. They're in last place. Ben Roethlisberger is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Something along those lines. But here he does it again for Kenny Pickett saying, Nope. Despite Mike Tomlin's great greatness. And this is a quote from get up uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, he says, Kenny Pickett really struggled getting the ball downfield. He was the second worst in yards per pass attempt, and they have they have some some really good receivers with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and they picked up Allen Robinson. But when you're going up against Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow every week, you've got to be able to score points in chunks, and I just don't think Kenny Pickett has that ability. Oh, yeah, no successful deep ball passer, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, Kenny Pickett is not as good as Joe Burrow. <laughs> Thanks for the insight, it's, Mike. It's like, but like, 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 okay, come on, but like, Mike, like, we get it. You don't like the Steelers, and I, I tweeted this out. We get it. You're still butt hurt because the Steelers beat you in the 20, 2011 AFC Championship game. That was the only team, any the only time any team you ever GM'd had a chance at the Super Bowl, and they took it right from you. And you've been mad at them since. Get over it. Uh, but let's 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 talk about 
Kenny's deep ball problems. Now, Kenny Pickett didn't have great deep ball numbers last year, but the Steelers also didn't ask him to throw the deep ball that much last year. They were trying to protect the football a lot, and they were trying to let him grow into the offense naturally while winning with a with a defense. By the way, they finished 9-8 and eight last year with Kenny Pickett as a rookie. That's better than what the Bengals finished with Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow did get hurt his rookie year. He still played enough that he got his butt kicked in a lot his, his rookie year, let alone a lot of other rookies out, rookie quarterbacks that have come into the NFL. Allen, does Kenny Pickett have a deep ball problem, or is Mike Tannenbaum just doing his thing where he just hates the Steelers? PFF's passer grade on Kenny Pickett on deep passes was a 92.2. They defined deep passes as 20 yards of air attempt or longer, and that was his highest PFF grade of any category, higher than his medium grade and his short grade. What that's PFF Tannenbaum is saying is – Sort of right, but he's got the wrong guy in his crosshairs. If you have, if you, if if his statement would have been, I don't think the Steelers' offense can keep up with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I don't think the Steelers' offense can keep up with Lamar Jackson because of Matt Canada. Okay, I think he kind of has a point. That, that, like, that's a fine like, argument. I, like, fine, like that, there's there's an argument to be made there that that is correct. The problem with the Steelers' offense last year in throwing the ball down the field was not the quarterback, and I don't think anybody thinks it was the receivers. It was that they didn't throw the ball down the field. Like, they <laughs> – it was the play calling. And right, so right. if there's if there's a piece of truth to this, it's, yeah, will the Steelers struggle to throw the ball down the field and, and – be a high-scoring offense and be an up-tempo offense and the kind of team that can trade scores with some of the elite offenses in the AFC? I don't think we know the answer to that question. I think most of the reason we don't know the answer to that question lies with the coordinator. I think Tandemom's got something of a right idea here, but he's got the wrong guy in his crosshairs when it comes to the reason. No, I'm right with you. It's it's just it's ridiculous, I, I think, that to, to come at – I just think it with Kenny Pickett, like, look – if you also when you look at the, the yards per like using yards per attempt, the Steelers were checking it down. Right, it's like, not, he doesn't decide where the call is made. Exactly, like you think he was like, you know, he's not out there just like, well, I could throw this thirty yard bomb to George Pickens for a touchdown, but I'm going to dump it off to Stephen Sims in the flat because I I want to. Like, no, like that's not how the offense works. It's just absurd. Um, and I think there's plenty of things that Kenny Pickett can improve on. And I think that coming out of college, I think there was some legitimate concern about Kenny's deep ball. And I think the biggest thing that we learned about Kenny Pickett last season was that there really isn't an NFL concern about his deep ball. I think it was okay. It was good enough. Like, that's the thing that I think really has changed my expectations for Kenny Pickett the most for 2023 compared to where I was a year ago. I mean, like, I think that, I feel better about his ability to move the ball down the field. I'm talking about 15 yards and deeper yeah. than I, I wasn't. I was unsure about that ability of his coming out of pit. I'm now more sure of it now. So I think he's got like 90% of this wrong. There is some of it that's true. I do think the Steelers are just uh, maybe philosophically not going to be that kind of offense that can keep up with high scoring offenses, which I am very on the fence about whether I would include the, 
Baltimore Ravens in that group. Yeah, but certainly, that, certainly, yeah. if you're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and compare the Steelers' offense to the Bengals, I think we can all agree that they just are lacking in several areas in that comparison in terms of the ability to be an explosive, quick strike, deep ball kind of offense. Yeah, they're they're not there. They're not at the level of the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and some of the elite teams in the NFL. Um, I and if if you just say that though, do do you get a thousand headlines? I, I, apparently you do because we're here talking about it right now. But no, but I mean, if you if you just say that and you don't say, I don't think Kenny Pickett has the skills to get it done. If you just say that, then you don't get any attention for your take. Anybody could say that because it's well, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. So so here's 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 my last thing before we we, we move on. If the Steelers wanted to get into an offensive shootout with the Bengals, that wouldn't be their game. That's not what they what they're designed their team around. We've talked this entire summer and, and offseason about they want to run the ball more. They want to play great defense. If they're throwing the ball 50 times a game, they're probably adding more snaps out there. They're probably having to it probably is a shootout. And then yes, you're playing to the Bengals' strengths. That's not what these Steelers are trying to do. They're trying to play more like the Eagles or the 49ers, teams that play defensive football and yes their offense can score in bunches at times in fact the Steelers put up like 30 points on the Bengals this this past year was the most points they scored in the entire season and some of it was garbage time or whatever they were able to put up points on those guys in in a game with Kenny Pickett as a rookie I don't think the Steelers juggernaut offense will be a juggernaut this season I've been well on record saying I think they're going to finish in the middle pack of the league and that simply just means averaging like 22 points a game or so but if they do that with the way their defense is playing I think they can bang with the Bengals. I think they can mess or hang around with other teams in the NFL as long as they can play to that pace. That's where Mike Tannen, Bob, I think this is just his, his just, oh, you know what? I need another take today. I'm going to go after the Steelers and say they're going to be bad. And it works because it gets us going. But again, it gets us a chance, another way to evaluate it. Like, hey, when you hear this national media voice coming from this direction, this is where it's actually coming from. Yeah, I mean, I and I do – like. I, I hear what you're saying about, like, that's not what the Steelers are trying to do. I, I think that good teams, great teams, maybe a better way to say it, great teams can play games that aren't their style. Everybody can win when the game goes the way they want it to. Um, I think great teams find a way to win games that are not what they're built for, not their preference to play. And I don't think the Steelers have proven – that they can do that. I don't think they've proven that. I mean, I guess you could call that week one game against Cincinnati that, I mean, they didn't really score that many points and they probably deserved to lose the game like three times before they won it. But like, I mean, I just, I don't think we've seen the Steelers show the ability to, Hey, yeah, I understand. We want to run the ball. want to control the clock. want to play good defense. want to limit the possible turnovers. But if all of that doesn't happen, can the Steelers' offense pull the rest of the team to a victory when things aren't going – can the Steelers' passing offense pull the rest of the team to a victory when things aren't going the way that they want it to? I don't think we can say that about these Steelers just yet. We'll see We'll see how that goes. I want to talk to you about what you want to see from Kenny Pickett in training camp as the players do report Wednesday, the day of this episode. So we'll get to, see, we'll get to talk to players. There'll be conditioning efforts, and then practices start thursday we'll talk about that here on the locked on steelers podcast with alan saunders from SteelersNow.com. i'm your host chris chris carter but before we do any of that i want to remind you this show is sponsored by better help therapy online life is full of twists and turns and it's important to show up for yourself 
through all of it. I've placed, I've faced plenty of times in my life where I've tried to shoulder a lot of burdens, but I found that answer, I found answers in my life thanks to the help of good therapists. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self help, it's actual professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and get a response back. And with therapy, BetterHelp Therapy Online recognizes that it takes a few tries to find the right fit for you when it comes to therapists. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists whenever you need. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn for 10% off your first month when you set up for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Back here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Alan Saunders. Maybe Mike Tannenbaum needs some better help therapy to get over the 2011 AFC Championship game. But let's dig into actual Kenny Pickett things here. Alan, when Kenny Pickett started last training camp, he was getting demolished. He was getting intercepted all the time. It was it was a, it was a thing. The, the defense was doing the throw the ball in the air, pretend to shoot it like it was like it was skeet, like, like, like that whole thing, which is an awesome celebration. I hope that's still there. I know that they got fined like a million dollars for it, but I love that celebration. I think I think that's pretty cool. But what are your realistic expectations for how Kenny Pickett will look this year from? connections with receivers, big plays on maybe some of the two-minute drills and some of the things, and also in seven shots where he was running a lot of second team last year, he'll have command of the first team this year in seven shots. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I I feel like I have a pretty good gauge of where Kenny Pickett is going to be this season. I don't think there's a ton that I, like, need to see from him at training camp. I think that the areas where, I think it's mostly about, like, how does an offense that is designed from the beginning to be Kenny Pickett's look different than mm-hmm. what we saw last year? I think that to me is something I'm really looking forward to seeing. Obviously, like we've seen some of that, but can't really talk about it. So right. uh, it, it'll be good to see more of it, uh, and and in a way that we can actually break it down and discuss the differences that we're seeing. I think that's probably the thing to me that is you know the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, I know Kenny Pickett can play situational football. Like we saw it down the stretch last year. In fact, that's the thing that I think he excelled the best at. You you go look at the Kenny Pickett highlight reel from 2022. It's a lot of third downs and it's a lot of fourth quarter drives and it's a lot of two minute and it's a lot of goal. Like there, how many, uh, how many uh, quarterback sneak touchdowns did he have? Like, I mean, it, that stuff he's good at. I think the the thing that he's lacking, and maybe to continue the Tannenbaum discussion a, a bit, is you know how are, are we going to see it? You know how many how many four hundred yard games are we going to see? And I'm not sure we really learn the answer to that in training camp, but we might. Um, as I'm as I'm hidden. <laughs> Sorry, I was putting up the passing chart for those who what he's talking about there. If you're on YouTube, I, I just pulled up the the uh, the pass the passer rating that that, that Kenny Pickett had. Yeah, the Clark rating is good. It just was the volume, right? Like, volume, will we agree. see an offense that is going to show off a little bit more of his talent? And I don't know if we're going to find that on training camp, but I think it'd be interesting to see how that goes. And 
you know, I, I think it's for me, it's more about the Canada picket interaction and the way the offense can change and grow than is anything like technical or skill wise I'm looking for from Kenny Pickett. No, I, I, I agree with that. It's going to be about the connection that they have. And I, I think I, we even talked about this a little bit before, too, just looking at Kenny Pickett, like for Matt Canada, it isn't necessarily, you know, how creative the offense is because. There were plenty of play calls I thought last year that were creative. His players just didn't know what to do with certain situations, or they just they didn't operate in a certain way. They were a little too conservative in certain moments. Part of being an offensive coordinator isn't just calling plays, isn't just drawing up plays. It's getting your players to buy in and getting better results with them. And that to me is a big part of what Matt Canada has to do, especially with Kenny Pickett. Can he? You yeah, yes. You want Kenny Pickett to limit the interceptions. You want him to limit the risks uh, so that the defense can win the football games and that the running game can take over a little bit more. But you also do need him to be aggressive at times. You're going to need him uh, to have success, to have success, and to have some big games, like he said. Great teams, even good teams, they find ways to beat you when they're not at their best with the typical way. They, they have several ways to beat you. For the last, well, since Matt Canada's taken over, and even if, uh, no, I'd say since Matt Canada's taken over, even a little bit of random feet in this time, the way the Steelers beat you, they didn't turn the ball over. They forced you to turn the ball over. They held you under 20 points, and the offense did just enough to get by. This year, there needs to be at least maybe three or four games where that's not necessarily the case that they had to beat somebody. How about a blowout or two, too? That'd be cool. When like, was the last what, time I that happened? <laughs> I I'm not one is not 2020, maybe. Um, they, they were they had a pretty good uh run there, but I mean, that that it, it has not been common for this team uh recently, that's for sure. I know they did not have won any of the last two seasons, so we're talking about all of, of Matt Canada's tenure. There was a 38 7 win over the Browns. In twenty in October of twenty twenty, I mean that's so disconnected from what this team is now that it may yeah. as well have been in in nineteen twenty. Like I mean that, yeah, that the the lack of those kind of games to me is one of the things that really keeps me from being a little bit even. Like I feel like I'm more bullish on the Steelers than maybe like the generic national media. Look at the Vegas win total, that kind of thing. But these are the things that are kind of keeping me from saying, like, this is an AFC championship caliber team. Like, th- those are the areas where I feel like they they still fall short. No, I feel you. I feel you on that. And I, I just I think that uh, I, I think that part of what everyone's kind of looking for here is can the Steelers can the Steelers offense look? You know, we, we talk about it, its identity. Can that offense can that identity actually be? Something that 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 comes to fruition in some more of these games. Also, I I, I did I did a quick search here, dating back to 2018. There are seven games where the Steelers have beaten their opponent by 15 or more points. And again, it's kind of remarkable that the Steelers have again maintained winning records throughout those. Oh, they have a, I think I think the Steelers have the best record in one score games for like the last five years or something like that. Wow. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's absurd, and that was one of the big things. Like. We, you know, as it transitioned from Ben Roethlisberger, it was like, well, was that all because of Ben? Was it the Ben magic? Like, was that able, was that going to be a thing the Steelers were able to continue? And then Kenny Pickett went out and did it again as a rookie. So clearly it's a Steelers thing, um, but it would be better to just not need those fourth quarters. You know, look at all of Pickett's touchdown passes and look last year and look at how many came in the two minute drill. Like, yeah. a lot. Like, a lot. 
they didn't score that much outside of those games. Um, and the, the last thing I think is going to make a big difference here is if you want to be very charitable to Matt Canada about his play calling, especially last year, it's that the offensive line was just not that good. And so I think a lot of what they did was sort of forced because of a lack of faith in the offensive line. You know, it's hard to call deep passes if you don't feel like they can protect your twice concussed rookie quarterback long enough to let the, the route develop, right? And so I think one of the things we're going to see for the first time at training camp that even you and I haven't seen is like, what's this new put together offensive line look like? Like, can they really be... A, are, are they just going to be better, or are they going to be a true difference maker for this team? I mean, if we go out there and we see Broderick Jones and Isaac Simalu start caving in the right side of the Steelers' defensive line on the regular at Latrobe, then I think that probably is the one like physical on-the-field thing that I could see from this offense that would make me feel the best about it going into the season. I'm right with you. I think that's something I want to talk to you more about the training camp aspect of things and what you expect to see, maybe some of your biggest surprises and also how certain groups will clash with others as we start to see the pads popping at, at, uh, at, at Latro in the St. Vincent College in Latrobe. We'll talk more about that here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. He's Alan Saunders. I'm Chris Carter. We'll be right back. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, you talked about the, the offensive line there, and, and you know, if the left side of the offensive line is getting some push against the Steelers' defense, one, yeah, that would be very interesting to see because it's not like that the defensive front of the Steelers is the question that we're asking about. They've paid Alex Highsmith. Right. Like, they are, they are going to hold it Right. So maybe the Eagles. I mean – but Even then, I feel like the Eagles like come at you in waves, but maybe don't necessarily have a a top group that's that's as good. Right, exactly, and that's where I think if the, one if the Steelers did like you say, if Isaac Simmons and Broderick Jones come out there and they're bullying the Steelers line a little bit, it's gonna be like, oh boy, there's some excitement to be had there. But what are your expectations? for guys like Broderick Jones and Isaac Ciamalo and how this offensive line will look because there's going to be the one-on-ones that we see, and then there's going to be times we see the first unit go out there and it's just full live. Let's see how what they can do. Well, I think one-on-ones for Broderick Jones are going to go poorly. Um, I don't see a guy who's very refined in pass protection. Uh, he has not seen things like uh alex highsmith's ghost move like uh, over and over again and so especially like the first time we see them i expect the steelers defense to make him look silly uh where i think that he's going to get some back is like i think team run could look pretty different this year now we're not going to see that if we're talking about like this first week because those first four practices starting thursday and going to sunday are still not in full pads they're just in helmets and shells so we won't really get, like, team run periods until we start that first full week of right. camp next Tuesday. But, man, that day, like, when we start to see that stuff, that could be a big difference maker. And I, I mean, I think, Sam, all like, that when we do, like, talk about pass rush, like, most of it's on the edge, right? Like, Sam Allo's going to deal with Cam Hayward. And I would not be surprised if we see some fireworks between those two guys throughout training camp. Cam is usually in the middle of whatever mess is happening out there. Uh, and Sam Alu sounds like the kind of like no nonsense guy that is uh, um, 
I, I can see some tempers flaring there. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a battle uh, to watch throughout throughout uh, training camp. Those two just sort of super talented, but also like guys that don't like to lose. Like, like they're, and they're both good enough that they're going to get theirs against one another. And so I, I think there, there could be some sparks flying there. But I think in general, I think you're going to see Jones struggle in pass protection and and show off why he was a first round pick when they get him in space in the run game. I mean, there's the opportunity for if they can get him free against some linebackers or some some off ball guys for some some highlight reel kind of blocks that I think maybe will get the the crowd going a little bit um, from 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 the big guy. Uh, but I think this is going to be a battle. I don't see Dan Moore going anywhere. I thought he had a very good spring, and I, I think he's going to make it very difficult for Broderick Jones to to just sort of walk in and, and take that job day one. I do think it's going to be tough. And Dan Moore Jr. is going to be given the first spot to start camp. Like, people got to remember that. Like, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin does have a deference thing where you don't first just – one versus one, there will not be a rookie on the field. Uh, maybe Bitten, just because he's, like, default to – Top yeah. nose tackle, but I, I he would be he might be the only one, like because I think Porter and Wallace will be the first two corners. Even though I'm sorry, uh, Peterson and Wallace will be the first two corners. Even though I think Joey Porter Jr. plays a lot. I don't know if Joey Porter Jr. is going to be there for the first rep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's chances no rookies on the field, especially if they're in Nick. Well, probably will be one of Porter or Benton, but that might be it. Like the. the they're gonna have to earn those jobs. They are, and it's it's not gonna be easy. You know, I, I talked about on Tuesday's episode um, more about what the you know who they're gonna get matched up with, but I, you know, and, and I think that's gonna be intriguing too because how they bounce back from wins and losses in in training camp are going to be important. Like Dan Moore Jr. when he was going up against Alex Highsmith his rookie season, he was just getting thrown around. I mean, it was just it was like oh, ah, ah, I can't believe that. Why, well, Alex? Why are you doing that to him? Uh, but his second year still got beat a lot, but he was able to fight back a bit more, and that's that's the that was the kind of thing you saw that growth there. I think, and Bar- everybody gets beat. Like Chooks gets right. obliterated by TJ Watt all training camp. Yep, for years, and he's he's a very good pass protecting right tackle. Like sometimes you just need to take stock of the the competition and see. Uh, where that really puts that player because I think Chooks was probably the most consistent player on the Steelers offensive line last year, but you would not know it if you just watched TJ make him look silly all training camp. No, yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it's part it's part of what happens. One, when you face TJ Watt, you're just going to get your butt kicked. Um, but again, I think a big part of it is how do you bounce back from that? Like, do you, you know, are you able to keep your head? Do you let that spread into the season? Chooks Okoro, for the most part, doesn't let that spread into the season. He's no. he's not a dominant right tackle, but he's a very good one. Like, he's solid. You, That's he's not a pass protection. Like, where, he, where his weaknesses are are not the things that he looks stupid at during training camp. It's it's that he's just not that physical of a run blocker. No, I, I, I agree. And that's something that I think, you know, that's a question for next year when the Steelers do have questions about who they're paying as far as such, uh, you know, and, and need to create tr- uh, salary cap space. Three tackles is not a long-term solution. I'm going to talk real quick about some guys that, like, I just think are people that people don't know or maybe aren't expecting to look for that I think people are going to like at training camp. Um, I like Corey Trice a lot. 
Uh, if you go into training camp and you don't know the jersey numbers of the new Steelers players, you're you're not going to know which one's him and which one's Joey Porter Jr. And for the seventh round pick, that's a very good thing. Um, he, he is he is big and strong and physical and plays with a great head on his shoulders. I, I think he's going to impress a lot of people. Um, Elijah Riley is a guy that I don't think is on a lot of people's radar. He was he in camp at all last year? Or did he come in at the very end? I think he came in at the very end of training camp, maybe even after camp broke, but was still mm -hmm. in the preseason. Um, but he's a guy that's in that kind of do it all role. That's kind of same place that Trey Norwood has been for a couple of years where he's you list him as a safety. He could be make his backup, but he's also going to play in the slot and do some other things, play some special teams. Uh, the difference to me is that Elijah Riley hits hard. And mm -hmm. I think that's like, I think he can make some plays. And um, I, I just not sure we've seen that from Norwood in his two years at that same level. I think he's a guy that that's going to surprise some people. Um, I think people are kind of down on the Steelers linebacker position. And there's, there's probably good reason for that overall, but people are going to love Cole Holcomb, man. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's got such a high motor, um, and, and a really smart guy knows where the ball is going to go and gets there and makes a ton of tackles. I, I just think, uh, I think people, once they get their eyes on him, he's just such a Steelers type of player. I think I people are that, really yeah. fall in love with him. Maybe they're still going to say like, wow, they really could use like another guy who could be like a, a really like an all a uh, pro bowl type that Holcomb is not, and could be a pass coverage specialist that Holcomb is not. But I just think people are really going to like who he is as a player and the way he plays the game. And he just fits in with what Steelers fans love to see so much um, that I think he's going to be a guy that, that people really um, eat up. And then for me, on the uh, Darnell Washington is just such a giant dude that is just a disrespectful blocker, but also has like the hands to make some plays. He's like classic. Like he's not going to have that big of a role in the offense. He's, certainly not a refined product in terms of what he's going to be as an NFL player. But if you're like looking to go have some fun on a summer practice at training camp, 80 is certainly a guy that will make some heads turn. I, I think so too. I think there's going to be some popping out there. I like your, I like Corey Trice being in the mix there and seeing what he could do uh, as far, as far as the outside corner position, because if he's able to, to, to hang with, like if he's able to do really well against like the miles Boykins and those and the guys that are lower down the depth chart, they're gonna have. They're gonna be like, hmm. What what can we do with this guy? And then also how he does in special teams. Could, he was could supposed be to be like a third or fourth round pick. Like he's not. You know, it was all the injury. It was not his ability. And so I, right. I think there's a potential for a real steal there. I agree. Um, I, I really think there's there's a big chance there for the Steelers. And, and I also love the Cole Holcomb point there because when he, when they signed him, I was like, that's a good signing because he can be that guy in the middle of the defense that stops the run, isn't you know elite against the pass, but he's decent enough that you can that you can kind of live with it. Good enough that you don't ever have to take him off the field if you don't want to. I think exactly. that's the key is that he's a good sideline to sideline tackler, runs hard, and he's just he's good enough in coverage that he's not such a liability that you're just like, ah, we got to get him out of here. Right, and that's that's where I'm at with uh, with 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 with, Hol with Holcomb there. I think it's going to be interesting seeing him and Alandon Roberts working together to see how they how, how how they work as a team, and also what Mark Robinson does. You know, can he take a step up there and at least be a reliable guy off the bench? I still wouldn't put it past the Steelers 
adding to that position at some point during this during this training camp process. They've done it before. I could see them doing again as far as finding a veteran that either gets cut from another team or is still sitting there in free agency, or they make a trade for that's like light and, and doesn't have a lot of compensation involved. I could see that definitely happening there. But it all starts when players report today, Wednesday, to St. Vincent College. Alan Saunders will be there, so will I. Also at, reporting to St. Vincent College today. Also yeah. reporting to St. Vincent College today. Yeah, we're driving all the way out there. It's a little bit closer for you. You're outside the city. I'm in the I'm, city. I'm only like 20 minutes. It's, it's no sweat for me. Yeah, man, I'm about to be driving for an hour and a half. I got where this is payback for the Squirrel Hole Tunnel every day throughout the season. This this is true. Like this is one month, I get it easy. You know, <laughs> Alan, your commute is always appreciated uh, because you, you drive in me. I hate this stuff. I, I, every year I have a Latrobe playlist where I just I have at least like two hours of songs that'll get me through at least each drive uh, to, to get through it because, man, it gets rough out there. But get to Steelers training camp because there will be a lot of stuff going on. You'll see both of us there as well as a lot of other people we have on the show. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know I can find and follow you as well as get all of your training camp content. At a Saunders underscore PGH at PGH Steelers now is the site SteelersNow.com Steelers now on YouTube. Yeah, that's it. Me, Dick, the whole crew. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff planned. It's going to be awesome. I am really excited for another project we got coming up that uh, I think maybe some people will be interested in, but I don't have, I'll just give a little tease there and then you'll see some more of that stuff uh, coming up soon. Absolutely. Do check out all his great work at SteelersNow.com. He's Alan Saunders. You can check out him and Nick Farabaugh at SteelersNow.com. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Find my written work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I cover all things Pitt, Pitt Athletics. Their training camp for football is coming up very soon, so we'll be, we'll be ta- doing about that there and talking about that on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as our Steelers topics there. But you can find me every day, Monday through Friday, here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, breaking things down for you on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes back tomorrow after the after Steelers report getting you ready for the first official day of practices when the Steelers get to work at training camp. 